Have you ever stopped to think about the many ways in which our health and wealth are connected? One thing is for sure, today is the right time to start investing in both. Pull yourself a chair. This is the Vegan Family Kitchen Podcast, and I am your host, Brigitte Jim. Let's talk about health and wealth with my guest, friend, client, inspiration, and neighbor, Alison Seton. Alison is a former environmental engineer. She now practices as a licensed financial educator. She's been a meal plan subscriber since 2018, and we've had many conversations about what being wealthy really means and why it's so important to invest in our health as early as we can in life. I hope that you will enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Make sure to check the show notes to find out how to connect with Allison if you would like to learn more about money and investing. I'd like just to start by asking you to tell me about you and, and what you do in your, in your new career as a financial educator. Well, thanks, Brigitte, and thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's such a pleasure to be here. I, I love talking about the intersection of health and wealth, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, at my core, I teach people how money works. And I kind of say almost, you know, off to the side, okay, I'm, I'm a licensed you know, investment and insurance agent. But whenever I talk about money, and maybe you get this when you talk about being vegan, you see some people's eyes kind of glaze over. So I don't want to alienate anyone, right? So I, I, I like to say what I actually do, which is teach people how money works. That is fantastic. So what, what does that look like in practice? Yeah, I give a lot of uh, free Zoom and one-on-one and in-person and group presentations about different aspects of money from mindset to planning, to insurance, to investing and really let people absorb it and self-identify to see if they would like to go deeper and learn more on a, on a personal needs basis. If they do, then I will work with them, give them some ideas on how to get, based on their goals, no judgment, how to get from wherever they are today to where closer to where they want to go, which is at the core, I think, of what all uh, people in financial planning do, right? Help people move towards their goals. And in the model that I'm in, I get to, I'm a broker, I get paid by whatever company they wish to work with that's um, within a, a wide range of product categories available to me. So I, I love that we try to eliminate all the barriers, much like you're doing with transitioning to being vegan. We got to eliminate all the barriers to helping people make progress. Totally. That's, that's so true. And you know, people I find are kind of curious if you say, especially in the city, we both live in Vancouver, we're almost neighbors. Um, and I find here people are either like, oh, me too. Uh, or, you know, I'm also plant-based, but I eat fish and turkey at Thanksgiving kind of thing. Um, so sometimes we get that or we get curiosity, I find from a lot of people. However, if you tell people that what you do for a living is plan meals for other people, it's like, meal planning, <laughs> you know, batch cooking. Like, I think those are all adulting topics, right? And that makes them not so sexy, I think from many perspectives, but they're the most important things there are out there, right? Um, to empower us to have the kind of life that we want. And if we don't take care of them, of them while well, they take care of us in many ways, right? Absolutely, yeah. 
And, and that's such a good point you make about adulting because it's an essential life skill and we all come from uh, various levels of experience and, and trajectories into adulthood. And I mean, I, I, I learned how to make a few things in school because I chose to take some of the, you know, the home ec, which I don't even know if they offer that in all schools now, but they certainly aren't teaching about money and it's all about money once we get out of the real world for better or for Absolutely. worse. And unfortunately, I think a lot of parents are shy about introducing money to their children. I think we we wish for our children to leave, live in this enchanted world, uh, but it's not necessarily to their benefit if we don't uh, crack that nut while they're still in the nest, right? Totally. Um, Just like yeah, I, say, I have to say, though, in Homic, in grade nine, I think, in Quebec, back in early 90s, we did black bean burgers or veggie burgers of some sort <laughs> and I do remember that it was very very unappealing but now that I think back on it I feel that the the teacher was really a pioneer really what she was doing was she was preventing herself from having to deal with you know food security food safety issues because obviously dealing with ground meat and teenagers was maybe not great and so black beans were safer but I don't remember though that we talked about money much so yeah, you can't yeah. always win. <laughs> no, and teachers have so much to fit into the curriculum that I get it. But that also leaves parents, like you say, parents maybe not only a little bit shy, but they may not know about money Absolutely. themselves, right? And so totally. there's a, a fear, or maybe they know about money, but they learned it from a generation that had a completely different set of circumstances. And so the money lessons that were learned from last generation or the generation before that may not really serve the current generation. Absolutely. So, so tell me a little bit more because financial education and holding those, those seminars, those group trainings, individual one-on-one -on -one kind of support, um, it's a big part of your day-to-day. -day. And I'd like to understand better, why does it matter to you so much? And what difference does it make in people's lives to become empowered when it comes to personal finance of, or just straight up money, right? Totally. Well, uh, for me, there's an inextricable link between health and wealth, both how we eat, how we exercise, how we move, how we take care of our money. It's all about taking care of our future selves. And I think if we don't understand money, then we leave ourselves vulnerable to being taken advantage of. And even when I worked as an environmental engineer, it was about feeling like I was doing something in this world that maybe moved the needle a little bit towards positive change. And I think helping people understand money because it helped me so much to have uh, just a little bit of basic knowledge about how money really works. I'm so excited to be able to share that with others and to see the light bulb go on. I know it makes a big difference in people's lives and nothing is more exciting for me than to feel like I could have a small part in helping people make positive change in their life. And it's a change that can last generations, literally. So yeah, there's so it's so many things that are wrapped up into what gives me satisfaction and what gives me happiness. But at its core, I benefit from it. And I want other people's other people to have that same feeling of empowerment as well. Right. I, I love when you say it's all about taking care of our future selves, right? Absolutely. Whether you're trying to take care of your wealth or trying to take care of your health and, and the two are profoundly linked. Um, 
but tell me a little bit more about that connection between the two and what it might look like mm -hmm. in people's lives to find some degree of independence or autonomy in their in their health and wealth departments yeah well i think um it's kind of counteracting this temptation which i feel is almost rewarded these days for instant gratification so if if we go and buy whatever we want spend whatever we want live in debt live for today too much if we're too, the pendulum is too far one way and we're going to pay for it we're all we're all on like a, a trajectory it's either going up or it's going down and whatever we do today health-wise with what we exercise or what we eat wealth-wise with how much we save and invest versus spend that trajectory is either going to go up or it's going to go down and it's going to compound so everything we do, I just believe so much in the power of compounding, but we got to make sure your trajectory is going in an upward positive direction and not in a downward negative direction. So that's number one is, is recognizing that everything we do is compounding and we need to kind of fight back against the continual messaging for instant gratification that I find is in our society. Um, and, and that just speaks to taking the time to make meals as well. It's easier today to go and throw, you know, a takeout pizza in the oven or to eat something that's maybe more convenient than batch cooking or slow cooking or, or vegan cooking for that matter. But it's going to be really uncomfortable 20, 30 years down the road when we're sick and we haven't taken care of ourselves. And I think it's very similar with money. It's talking to your future self. So compounding is one way. Um, and I think putting that idea of putting deposits into your into your body for your future and putting deposits into your bank and investment account for your future just really resonates. It gives you freedom, both having your health and having having money to make choices, give you freedom in your in your future, as well as freedom today. I have helped a lot of people who were so in debt that they were in a a continual cycle of uh, living paycheck to paycheck and really had no time freedom. So time and money are inextricably linked. And I think as anyone, as we get older, time becomes more important almost than money, but they're so linked and helping people break that um, connection between time and money so they have more freedom uh, is just a strong value that I hold. And on a weekly basis, I do that with, with the batch cooking. I invest some time at the weekend so that I can have the freedom of time when it's more valuable and more precious to me in a way in those busy weeknights. <laughs> totally. And, you know, I find, I mean, there's no doubt that it takes more time and more effort to cook your meals from scratch to use only plant ingredients compared to using food from a bag or a box, right? There's no doubt it takes longer, but I choose when it happens. Whereas if 20 years from now I'm suffering from GI issues or cancer and not again, you know, it's not that plant-based eating resolves and prevents everything. Although there is strong scientific evidence to show that it, it does have a very positive impact, but there's always other risk factors that we can't quite control. But at least I have the control over this and it reduces the odds that I'm going to be unexpectedly having to deal with health health issues later and not just mine but also those of 
loved ones that happen to eat my food. So it is an investment um, in yeah. ourselves for sure. And in the same way, it's true. It's easier to just spend the money now. Um, but really, that's another that's another trap because all the stuff we buy eventually has to be taken care of and we become slaves to it rather than the other way around, whether it's a house that's too big or too many personal possessions, they just end up making us work for them rather than the other way around. 100%. I mean, I think you and I could talk at length about this and, and the older and maybe more mature I've gotten, or maybe it's just my change in thinking. I, I look at things now and I almost instantly see them in the landfill, right? <laughs> and even to the point, my our poor daughter, when she was growing up and she'd pick out, you know, this oh, here's my little pony. And I was like, okay, do you want it enough that it's going to end up in the landfill and it's going to, might end up in the ocean one day? I mean, not, you know, the nicest outcome, but, you know, <laughs> she would think about it and be like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> but it's just, kids do what they learn, right? And I think making sure kids understand the implications of the choices they make today. She, she may have chosen to say, yeah, I still want this pony, and maybe I would have gotten it still, but it's, it's, I'm not going to sugar, sugarcoat it. Right. And yeah. 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 And I think space, stuff, it, it drains our pocketbook. It drains our time because we got to clean it, maintain it, store it. I mean, the number of people I see, my husband's a realtor, right? So, you know, he'll be helping people move. And oh. the reason they're moving is for more space to store more stuff. And Sometimes by the time he's gone through decluttering and cleaning in preparation for the sale, they kind of almost jokingly are like, well, maybe we don't need to move now. <laughs> and, and the other way is, is true as well. I'm sure that if he sticks in the business long enough, you know, eventually when the same clients, when it's their fourth or fifth, it's because they're downsizing and they have to get rid of all their stuff to yeah. move to a, a smaller yeah. home perhaps. And it's, it's, I find it mind-boggling, the just amount of junk. Uh, and it's it's not always junk. I mean, some of it is really nice junk, but it's still junk um, that we don't use and that we accumulate. And it is quite sad because it doesn't, it doesn't have, a, there's not somebody else somewhere who's going to enjoy it. There's, everybody has enough stuff um, and drowns in it. So totally. And it, it totally. robs your time. It robs your time and it robs your money. Like Totally. Totally. It's such a, such a good message to keep in mind. So I'd like in that perspective, uh, we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but I'd like to learn more about your plant-based journey and how you came to eat, I think, a mostly plant-based diet to this day. That's right. Um, so I think it first started when I was about 14 and went through that idealistic phase where come home to mom and dad and announce I'm vegetarian. <laughs> barely knew what it meant but my parents have always been you know so open and encouraging and they said great so what are you cooking for dinner <laughs> <laughs> love it love it that's the perfect answer and I said okay so I got some cookbooks on my parents I think got some cookbooks we didn't have the internet back then and I started I think it was the Moosewood Kitchen right a classic cookbook and we started making vegetarian meals and my parents would sometimes make, you know, not always though, they might make chicken or fish or something on the side. And gradually we ate more plant-based at home. Now I never turned my parents into complete vegetarians by any stretch, but that was the start. And I don't think I ate chicken or meat until I was pregnant. 
and I was traveling and I wasn't really able, I think, to eat how I wanted to eat. And I remember just saying, I need some chicken. And my fiance, my now husband at the time, he looked at me in utter shock because he'd only ever known me as a vegetarian. And I think that was the only, like the only time where I really craved meat. Um, most of my life, I've never really craved it. So that has helped me a lot. I know some people really have strong attachments and cravings for meat. Um, and what over the years, I can't claim that I've always been um, vegetarian. I've eaten fish and chicken. I don't think I've ever had red meat since I went vegetarian when I was 14. But I've eaten chicken and fish along the way. Um, and mostly it's been out of social um, graces or convenience. And so when I found your, your business with the plant-based and, and batch cooking, it took out, it just made it so much easier to have someone else do the decision-making. Uh, for me, the biggest hurdle is like trying to decide what to make for dinner. <laughs> I, I'm so tired by the end of the day. And I think so many yeah. parents, right? You make so many decisions that that whole decision fatigue thing, the idea of what's for dinner, and I think you, you spoke a lot about this, was just so, uh, it just threw me into a conundrum. So um, plant, like the batch cooking on the weekend has been a complete game changer because I'm strong and rested on the weekend and I can take your plan and I can just take the most of the thinking out of it. Um, now, I, I, I mean, just as people may be afraid to talk to me because they think I know something about money and they may feel like they don't, I don't want, I, I, you may feel the same way that people might be afraid to talk to you because you're vegan and maybe they're afraid we'll judge them. And I'm sure you'll agree with me. That's not at all the case. So just for the listeners out there, like I will eat yogurt now and then, like I do actually yeah. really enjoy yogurt and I know dairy is like the worst. So that would be my, my guilty pleasure. Um, my husband can't eat dairy. So am I, and we we're Jewish, so we don't eat shellfish and pork anyway. So it's like the main thing that we all have in common is vegan. And so I would say we're mostly, mostly vegan, but with a little bit of dairy for, for me and my daughter here and there. So that's I remember, I remember you said something about how, because your, your daughter goes to Jewish school, right? And when we started working together, I remember you said something about the convenience of choosing, you know, to make a vegan lunch yeah. for that reason. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So um, if you're, you know, Jewish people observe the Jewish laws of kashrut to, to varying degrees of um, observance, but the gen some of the general principles are you don't mix meat and dairy at the same at the same meal and sometimes even in the same um, pans or the same dishwashers um also no shellfish no pork so at the jewish school when she went to elementary school to kind of solve the the well what about chicken here and what if my kid shares their you know non-kosher food with my other this other child the school just said look just vegetarian no meat no meat from home. They've since opened up a cafeteria, and so they will offer some kosher meat in the cafeteria prepared in the um, kosher kitchen. But mainly it was driven by a sense of just for ease, all parents had to bring vegetarian. And of course, in this day and age in North America, we can't have nuts. 
And so it didn't leave too many options except for, you know, non-nut-based vegan. So tofu, tofu meat and tofu and egg was okay. Eggs are, were okay if people chose, but no kid wants egg in their lunch, right? Um, and so it was convenient to have, some, uh, uh, I guess, a repertoire of vegan foods because that's what her school was able to accept anyway. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, obviously lentils, yeah, and all those things. Well, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Although I have to say, in my daughter's class, there's a girl who's allergic to sesame, and like there's a suspicion that she may be allergic to chickpeas or something like that. And so my daughter has to be careful not to sit next to her <laughs> meals. You know, it just it's endless. Uh, but definitely, if we can avoid the big the big ones for lunch boxes, that's definitely a start. Um, so. Tell me a little bit more, um, really quickly, perhaps about how you use the meal plans in your in your personal life. Um, what you do, like to get your groceries, and like what's your routine, like food wise. Yeah, well, like many people's routine, food wise, it's changed during COVID, and I think in a lot of cases, for many families I speak to, financially for the better, people have been saving a lot of money by not eating out as much before the emergence of all of the oh so convenient food delivery but we we have certainly been doing a lot more home-based cooking anyway and my the routine we have now is my husband has taken on the role of chief shopper which was great because i i was actually scared of shopping for a little while there when covid first hit like that was the scare most exposure point of my week would be going to the grocery store so my husband said okay i'll do all of the shopping and the lugging what a great night and shining armor going to the grocery yeah. store i love it i mean it was it was yeah. quite the thing in I know. march april may of 2020 yeah. We yeah. were extremely careful and I mean, for good reasons, right. but it was, we still didn't know what we were really up against, right? We didn't know exactly. And I will say like your meal plans with the, the shopping list was so perfect because my husband is the kind of shopper that will get what's on the list. Even if there's something glaringly obvious in my mind that we need, if it's not on the list, it doesn't get purchased. <laughs> Which is good advice yeah. from a financial perspective, but if you are out of pasta, it can lead to a disaster. I know, I, I cannot fault him. So now we have a shared Google shopping list. And as soon as I'm like, oh, we're out of tahini, put it on the list, so it goes on the list. And so I update that list when I get your meal plan. He goes shopping usually on a you know Thursday or Friday, avoiding the, the busy week, weekends. And on Sunday, I'm, I do, I do the, the cooking in the kitchen. And something that's really nice that has emerged is my mother-in-law comes over on a Sunday afternoon to visit. And she is there and I'm cooking in the kitchen and our daughter is kind of hanging out with her grandma. And it's become this little routine. And it's, it's so lovely because you can kind of visit around the kitchen. Like it just didn't happen before. It, like it's forced us in a good way to kind of slow down and just be together. And usually one of the things I'm batch cooking will have some of it, there's a light dinner on Sunday night and the rest gets kind of packed away. And I may supplement it with, you know, a favorite recipe from a past week or from a, from a website, like eating bird fruit or ambitious kitchen have nice vegetarian recipes. 
Um, so I may mix and match a little bit here, but the core is the, the vegan family meal plan. And it's just been, yeah, really easy once you set up those, those routines, yeah. I love that. And what you say about cooking in the company of others is mm -hmm. so true. And I was reflecting yesterday on how since, you know, the last 200 years, basically, we've, we've really put walls yeah. between us to such an extent. And cooking, I think, used to be a lot more integrated in the community. And if we were not necessarily physically together when cooking, people were passing through each other's homes far more than, than we are doing today. And somebody mentioned to me, I have a friend who is very much into uh, traditional cooking from her culture. And she was talking so lovingly of the special holidays and getting together multiple generations, usually of women, getting together to prepare those dishes. And she said, you know, that's the kind of cooking that we even look forward to, right? And that, that carries such a positive emotional baggage but then you go home to your little kitchen and you're isolated and it feels so lonely yeah. and it's much yeah. less appealing to cook and I like this idea of just having people drop by sit sit with you in the kitchen and chit chat and maybe taste the food or you can have a conversation about it yeah. amongst the rest of your relationship not as an isolated part of it well, it's amazing. Better conversation too. Yeah. And you reminded me of when I remember when I was single, I found it really hard to cook for myself healthily. Like I would heat up a bowl of soup or a bowl of cereal or something. I did not eat well when I was single. And you just reminded me of that. So I, I think if you're a single person, it's like find some support to help you to, to help you eat healthy and also to give you an appreciative audience of the, the fruits of your labor. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I think the best thing that my best memory of my early twenties, when I was living a life free of children and yeah. all sorts of <laughs> commitments, but it also felt like a very grown up thing to do. Yeah. I would get together with a couple of friends um, in the early morning. We, you know, pour over a bunch of cookbooks in one of our kitchens and we decide, okay, we're going to cook this, this and that. And then we would go wow. together to the public market in Montreal, which is just a wonderful place to just hang out and taste all the foods and then yeah. you know, grab the veggies we wanted. And then we would cook up a storm for the whole afternoon and we'd kind of nibble <laughs> along. We would make sure not to drink any wine until the knives were put away. You know, we do all the chopping and then put away the knives, open up a bottle of white wine, keep on cooking. And at the end, we'd have a, a little bit of a mini feast with whatever didn't fit in our containers. Yeah. That's and that nice. way we had a bit of everything yeah. to eat in the freezer, you know, that was packed in the freezer for exactly those occasions where otherwise you're going to have a bowl of Cheerios, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's so much healthier, but it was also just, those are my best memories um, I wish of I had... our friendship. It's just amazing. Yeah, I wish I had discovered that routine. and. I think it's kind of like money for some people like that didn't even occur to me to do that mm -hmm. and I look back I think that's so strange but I guess we didn't have the influence of peeking into other people's lives through social media like you kind of True. know but it didn't occur to me to I mean I, I did go to a bank and think I was getting some advice there financially but it didn't really occur to me to plan for my future to, I exercised, but to eat healthier just for me, 
And I look back and I kind of wonder what I was thinking when I was in my 20s, but I, maybe it's just a level of maturity or influence of other people. So I, I really hope that anyone who's young that's watching this, that you can do it too, whether it's money, whether it's eating well, to, yeah, to really take pride in, in sort of taking care of yourself. Yeah. yeah I, I think exercise has a special benefit because you can see and feel yes. the results pretty much immediately. Vanity will get you. <laughs> 20 year old, you know, um, you can exercise and you can, you know, see your muscles, you know, get yeah. more toned and defined over the course of even a few weeks, right? That's right. Eating, it's strange because I think eating does have that connection. I mean, uh, there is that almost immediate, you know, people who are having high blood pressure or diabetes or whatnot, when they go, you know, all in on a plant-based diet, it takes two weeks yeah. or sometimes three wow. days before they start feeling better, right? Um, but I think we don't connect the dots quite yeah. so much and the consequences just seem so far in the future. And it's the same thing with money. Yeah. You know, thinking about retirement in your twenties is a bit of a weird thing to do for yeah. most people. And so totally. it's just easier to not. to not think about it. And I would even go a step further and say that, you know, eating well may be invisible to sort of the outside accountability. If Because I think you're right. Like when we're younger, we may rely more on that external accountability, but eating kind of might be invisible, but saving is actually the opposite because there's this association with spending True. as being you're successful when you can spend money. And ironically, it's what's making you not be successful. It's going to make you poor. But optics, right? It's all optics. Right. Yes, the outside signs of richness. Yes. Yeah. Uh, are actually what's making you, you know, destroying your future wealth, uh, which True. is ironic indeed. Yeah. That's. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've seen that too in my some of my cycling friends, especially when I was doing more long distance cycling, and some people that were priding themselves on being. And I, I've, at the time, I remember dreaming at some point of making myself a cycling jersey that would say fueled by poutine. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, there is something about uh, that injection of high fat foods when yeah. you're doing endurance events yeah. that really, you know, feels good. Yeah. And there's a bit of like a almost macho, you know, bragging around this that like I can eat all the junk food and look at me how healthy I am. Mm. And I think it's it's part of the same the same culture and the reality is that we don't exactly know what's going on inside our bodies. Um there's a lot of processes in there that are just beyond the perception of the traditional medical indicators that we monitor. Totally. Um, not that we monitor those in our 20s anyway, but yeah. anyway only <laughs> yeah it's it's totally an investment and it's worth doing so along those lines Allison I would like you to tell me what do you wish mm. everyone knew mm -hmm. about money or about plant-based eating or both together I think the, the biggest um thing I wish people would think about is the scale of compounding the strength and the power of compounding uh, and just, you know, I've, I've read enough, I've seen enough, and I've uh, looked at it enough, but I'm still, my mind is boggled at how powerful compound interest, compound efforts, everything compounds over time. And if, you know, there's a book, I think it's Darren Hardy, who wrote um, the compound, something about the compound effect or something to that effect. 
And that's a very short book, easy to listen to or read. And he talks about just how powerful compounding is, the rule of 72 when you look at money. Um, but everything compounds. And the, the more you can do when you're younger, the better off that you're going to be when you're older and how much you'll appreciate your efforts when you were young. So yeah, look into compounding everything. Absolutely. And if I may say so, yeah. young can be as young as 50 or 60. I mean, I think totally. we, we have long lives ahead of ourselves, you know, assuming no disaster uh, strikes, but even, even 60 years old is not too late to start benefiting from the power of compounding. So even if people yeah. have been missing out, I think it's on whether it's for, for health or wealth, I think just because you've been missing out, it gives you a greater reason to get started on compounding today rather than saying, oh, well, I missed the boat. No, I mean, maybe you just were a little late, but you can take a later boat, right? Totally. It's it, Today is always better, better than tomorrow. I didn't even discover my career in finance until I was 39. So, and that's when I really started getting into it in a really serious way and understanding um, in a much deeper way. So I've definitely um, been playing catch up and I'm just, I, I think whatever your journey, it's, it, it is what it is and you are where you're meant to be. But the more you can change the direction for your future and the sooner you can do that, the better. That is just fantastic. I would love to be able to connect people to you if they want to participate and learn from your money webinars. Uh, I know you also teach, not only you teach about money management and investment, but I know you also help people who want to start small businesses. Yeah. Where, where can people connect with you on social media and on the greater internet? Well, thanks, Bridget. Bridget the, uh, I'm most active on Instagram. So it's just my name at Allison with one L, Seton, S-E-T-T-O-N. So at Allison Seton. On LinkedIn, I'm my profile name is Financial Educator, but I'm also on LinkedIn, a little bit less active. And I have sort of those rerouting things where if they type in allisonsetton.ca, they'll get to my Canadian website, allisonsetton.com gets me to my U.S. website because I am building and training uh, advisors across both the U.S. and Canada uh, to come in and start to not only get licensed in the financial industry to help themselves, but also to help others uh, learn more about money because it is a regulated industry and, and does require a license. So we help people do that. And you're right. I, we have a program called E2E to employee to entrepreneur. A lot of people are making that transition or are curious about making that transition. It's something we're very powerful. Of course, we happen to do it in the financial industry, uh, but we are launching a campaign around, you know, what are some of the things you need to think about if you're looking to make that move? That is fantastic. So I will put all of those resources in the show notes Great. and down in the comments below. Thank you so much for being here today, Allison. It's, it's always wonderful to talk with you. I wish we could get together in person more and cook some Thanks. more. And I just can't wait for my kids to be vaccinated and feel like I can move on a little bit. And um, thank you also for your support with the Vegan Family Kitchen. It's been awesome to decide what's for dinner for you and your family. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for all the work that you do. Really appreciate it. We'll see you around soon in the Vegan Family Kitchen. Thank you, Allison. Thanks, Brigitte. Bye.
Thank you for listening to my interview with Alison Sutton, financial educator and meal plan subscriber. And thank you for your interest in plant-based cooking. Why not commit to investing in your health this weekend by scheduling yourself a batch cooking session? When we cook the main building blocks of our meals on the weekends, it's a lot easier to follow through with delicious, nutritious meals on weeknights without the stress of crunch time cooking. Visit veganfamilykitchen.com to download a free five-day plant-based meal plan that comes with lots of motivation and tips to get your feet in the kitchen when it counts. I look forward to seeing you there very soon.